Hey listener, this is Out of Beta. My name is Peter Soom and my co-host is Matt Wensing. Matt is the founder of Summit and I'm the founder of Reform and on this podcast you get to follow along on our startup journeys. If you're a new listener, don't forget to check out our website on autobeta.fm to find our entire back catalog. Hey Matt. Hey Peter, how you doing? Pretty good, how are you? I'm doing fine. Sitting here in the dark, in my cabin, all alone. Yeah, I was going to ask. I don't think I've ever seen this background before. Not from this perspective. (laughs) The roof of my porch. I was on the porch, but then someone started some really loud music nearby, and I had to move inside. (laughs) Party. Yeah. So it kind of ruins the idyllic (laughs) vibe I was going for. (laughs) So, uh, cool. Do you want to do an updates episode? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a bit of a curveball, but sure. I'll uh, talk about <laughs> our sponsor this time before we All start right. talking because I remembered, yes. <laughs> which is Eduflow. And I should remember because they've been sponsoring us for two months now. And uh, they're still our sponsor because they're a season sponsor. They ha- have a great product for learning in your team. And you can build online courses within your organization. They have a lot of cool features. They have great design, so you should definitely go check them out. And they also have a generous deal for out-of-beta listeners that you can find on eduflow.com slash out-of-beta. And uh, I know some people that are have been waiting. The third part of the episode we did with the founder, David, will come out very soon. I hope to have it out this week. I hope I didn't jinx it, but hopefully it'll be out this week. Cool. Uh, you've been on fire lately. Have I? Oh, <laughs> whoa. Look what you did there. That's... That's amazing. See what I did? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I've been covering the topic known as financial independence retire early, which I really know very little about, but that's okay because I'm just the developer building the models. I was kind of hoping you would go into your update. (laughs) Yeah, I can do that. So my my update would be that I'm focused on traffic, 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 getting people to the site, getting exposure, top of funnel, man. We're all in on top of funnel now. So with the new positioning in place, that's where I'm at. So I've been building free calculators for the last week and a half. And this latest one has been the biggest hit so far. You're testing your new ad network. That's right. That's right. We are. We are. Well, it, right now it just says, get more calculators like this, come to Summit. But yeah, we're basically building up traffic and putting a little link in there that tells people to go visit Summit. And... Yeah, I think it'll be a good strategy. There's a lot of demand for calculators. And if you want to think about that as like top of funnel for selling subscriptions, that's uh, one way. And the other way is just with traffic, there's more demand. More demand kind of encourages or motivates more people to learn how to create these calculators. And yeah, I think it's good for the flywheel, as they say. Yeah, it's super cool. Like just seeing you come out with these ideas and, and pushing these calculators. I'm trying to think of like, other companies I've heard of where they had like a similar thing, basically a platform like that. Can't come up with a good example. Maybe you have some inspiration somewhere. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's like we have a user's, a creator's user's, I, I kind of don't want to call it a marketplace, so I'll call it that anyway. Creator's user's market, market where we need people to create these calculators and then we obviously, users need to use them. And I think it, it's very common with a lot of those types of setups where there's both a supply and demand side where the founders end up adding the kindling, sort of starting the, starting the fire somehow by doing 
things that don't scale, and I put it in quotes to get it going. So whether that's Airbnb or Reddit, or I even read the background on like Tinder and how they got started on college campuses, like there's often just this early phase where you're just creating that initial supply so that it starts the snowball. What's the the guy from Uber, the growth guy, Andrew Chen? Mm, mm-hmm. He he wrote a book called The Cold Start Problem, and I've heard about yes. it many times. But I and I, I think I have it. I bought it in my Audible, but I haven't listened to it yet. I've got it behind me. I've I have the paperback, actually hardback copy because it's a beautiful book that I wanted to add to the shelf. But I listened to it on audio on on my walks. Yeah, and I think I listened to some of it twice. It's really good if you need help thinking through that not just knowing that that problem exists, but how do you even decide which to start with or which one is actually your limiting factor? I think that's the most important thing is understanding which one should we incentivize, which one should we subsidize would be the keyword. You know, which side do we not mind sort of paying to get started? And then he uses Uber as a prime example of just, I mean, they were... They were spending a lot of money subsidizing a lot of driver wages to get that off the ground because initially there just weren't a lot of people using the app. So drivers were idle a lot. And to get them to drive, they would have to basically pay them more than they sort of market rate, more than they would have to compensate them as if they were busy all the time just to just make sure they were out there available for their you know drivers. Oh, sorry, for the riders who were downloading the app. So. A lot of good sort of solutions uh, stories like that, which I thought was really, really good and actually helped me think through part of this this summit saga. Well, I feel like you've also just been on fire like in in a more uh, figurative way. It's like you guys are doing a lot of things. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, we, we also, we had a, a decent update today that was shipped where we cleaned up some of the UX, UI and UX around creating kind of remove some of the friction that we were finding in the first sort of a couple weeks after launch of the platform, which is really nice. And then, so we basically figured out, well, I'll just tell this, I'll tell the story. We have a few minutes, so <laughs> that's what this podcast is for. I won't, I won't go into hiding yet in terms of sharing all the, all the good stuff that, that comes right. That comes later when I stop <laughs> sharing <laughs> what's actually going on. So Something interesting happened shortly after we launched, which was an investor in Summit, whose name is Roy. He works at Bloomberg Beta, great firm. He wrote a blog post about financial modeling, and he wanted a post. In his post, he wanted to link to useful financial models for for startup founders. Great post, by the way. It, It helps you think about the purpose of a financial model and also, as we all know, like throw out all of the ridiculousness around some of the precision and the purpose of a financial model in the early stages. So great post. But in terms of the link, he wanted to link to a financial model. And of course, we have runway calculators on Summit. So I wanted him to link to one. But then we realized for him to do that, at least in the first version of the platform or the way we were approaching it, like he had to create a Summit account. He had to copy a financial run, a runway template into his own account and then he had to like publish it and then link to it. It was like this really super high friction process when all he really wanted to do was link to a use, usable app. And at the time, all we had was templates on the platform. So it was either that or he links to a page that says like, this is a template. Click here to like copy it and start using it. 
And we like realize his users, they don't want a template. They just want to use a finished calculator. And he doesn't want to share a template. He wants to share a finished calculator. So we've spent the last couple of weeks shifting our thinking around the fact that most people, by most, I mean 98% plus of our visitors aren't going to be creators on Summit. They're going to be users of something that somebody else has made. And in this case, he wanted to use the runway calculator that I had made effectively and link to it. <laughs> and I made, in order for him to just do that, for him to share and use what I had made, we kind of forced him to become a creator through this really high friction process of creating an account and everything. And that just doesn't make sense because that he wants to do something that's good for us, which is drive traffic to the site and the platform. But we want him to go through this really drawn out set of steps, which he would never have done if it weren't for the fact that I know him. <laughs> I was able to basically email and guide him through all the steps. And, and it just caused us to take a step back and say, how do we make Summit work for the 98% or 99% of people who don't want to build anything but want to use what other people have made? And that seems super obvious in hindsight, but coming out of the headspace we were in of creating a tool where it was all about the maker, the builder, the user who was making a thing to share with the world. It was all sort of inside out thinking. It was like builder first, publish, and then share. And in this case, it was, I'm not a builder. You know, Roy wasn't a builder. He just wanted to, to link and share and he didn't have a thing. <laughs> so this current release today was really a step in supporting that and what it means is we're going to we've taken the first steps in having it's not exposed yet but in having a public we always call it a public space right and we haven't given it a name but i'll more on that in a second but basically we want people to, be able to come to summit and just find free calculators that they can link to and share you know and not have to create them so it's exciting about the fire calculator that I made is that it's been used a little over 2,500 times so far. And that's about 1,500 times today and about 1,000 times over the weekend. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's free. It's linked to for my Twitter, but it's only available if you follow my timeline, right? So the first thing we need to do is actually share that on the website and feature it on Summit. And so I think in the very near future, we're just going to call that it's on Summit, right? That calculator is on Summit. If you go to Summit, you can find it. It's there. It's hosted there and have a search box and a way to browse all the calculators that are available. And then frankly, the other part is just saying, how do we support that? And if you go to the vast majority of calculators online and you look at the content that has calculators in them, the, the real answer is advertising, some kind of sponsorship model effectively, where we can let people sponsor a calculator like that. So for example, if Wealthfront or Personal Capital or Intuit, <laughs> wants to sponsor a fire calculator on Summit, they can, which is great for us then because then we have, you know, we have a subsidized revenue source. We have subsidies coming in that supports the free, but then from a marketing and content marketing perspective, we can create these calculators for people to use and we don't have to charge them anything. We essentially just have, like this podcast, you know, sponsored content. And I think that works really well because unlike a lot of other content, like a calculator is very subject specific, so it's easy to find, just like it's easy for this podcast to, to go to a potential sponsor and say, hey, we talk about startups, 
our listeners are mostly founders. Are you interested in reaching that audience? It's also fairly easy to say, hey, we have a calculator for cycling or personal fitness or personal finance. The people who are using it are thinking about planning their retirement. Would you like to sponsor that, right? And that works. I mean, I think, it, I think it's been proven to work. It's a working model. And it also means that that's lead gen for our subscriptions to the tool. But in and of itself, that ecosystem, that marketplace of free calculators is also sustainable and not just a giant loss leader for us. So that's, that's what we're doing. And so far, it's been really great to just see all the usage because it proves that, you know, 98% of people are like, I love this. I want to use this. I want to use this again. I don't want to learn how to create one yet. Maybe, probably not, but I love using it. And it's really nice to be able to benefit from that usage as opposed to just trying to convince people to become summit developers if that's not what they want to do. Um, last bit, and and then I'll pause. With the free calculators, we also are going to enable embedding. So if you're on the site and you find a free calculator that you like, including the fire calculator, you can just click embed this and you can get an embed code and just put it on your own blog or your site or whatever. And it'll continue to be sponsored. But that way, if you're a content creator, blogging about a certain topic or creating thought leadership, if you will, whether it's SaaS or fitness or money or whatever it is, you can literally just go get a nice interactive calculator that proves your point or helps people learn something and just put it right inside your own site, right? Just like you would with a form or something, so. Can other people just embed my calculator or is that something I allow them to do? You allow them to do that by setting it to be public, yeah. So every time you publish a calculator, you choose if you want it to be private, meaning only your team can see it and use it, unlisted, which means that the link is not shared with anyone. You ha you have to explicitly share that link, just like a Google Doc, or public, in which case you're you know, you're opting into the, the free listing marketplace piece, which is if you're a free user, that's the only option. If you're creating free calculators and you're a free user, that's the only option. As soon as you subscribe and pay, you can choose to go private or unlisted. Interesting. So it's Sort of like a YouTube video, as you've mentioned before. Like anyone can take my YouTube video and put it on their own website. That's right. And in theory, you're fine with that because it, it's not sharing the source code. It's not sharing the source files. It's just sharing the interface, which you know probably has benefits for you, right? When it's embedded, does the calculator say something about me? No, but you would allow that if we started to share that revenue with you. So if there was a sponsor, we would share the sponsorship revenue with the creator of the calculator. Mm. Interesting. Yep. Now you can give the calculator a title, of course, so it can have a title and a description. So we could include that because you want people to know what this is. But usually when people are embedding something, they actually want to create their own context. And so they want to describe it and, and title it a certain way. But yeah, think about that as our sort of way of helping creators be incentivized to create useful components that other people can just grab and go. So if we take like your Warren Buffett calculator or your, uh, or if you know something about, you know, taxes in Denmark or whatever it is, and you create a useful calculator, you know, obviously popular ones are going to be, in some sense, popular ones are going to be better in that sense. But I, I would actually say if you create one, like my brother-in-law, he knows a decent amount about patents and patent law. And so he was, he created a calculator that helps you figure out roughly how much would it cost to apply for and successfully get a patent of a certain kind. 
you know, that's very specific. And even though it won't be super popular, you, you can imagine that for him, you know, the legal teams or the, the, the lawyers that would want to, you know, the patent attorneys that would want to sponsor that, right, would be potentially very revenue, you know, lucrative for him to have that as an option, much more than somebody's going to pay to use one of those. Like, I'm not going to pay you to use the calculator, but if I'm using it, figuring out what a patent might cost to apply for, and there's an ad for, you know, Cooley Associates on it, then everybody kind of wins, right? It's relevant to the thing that I'm actually doing. But like, if I had a patent company and I wanted to do that, could I make like the title or something like patent, like patent face, patent office, whatever, or business? <laughs> So, so um, I still get like some social cloud for like having made that calculator besides just you, like a little bit of like sponsor cash? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can put that on. So if you publish it publicly and it's in our directory, it'll have your title. It'll say by you. It'll have your name on it in terms of the creator. And then, yeah, when they embed it, it's a great point. We could have like a little bit of copy on there that says like who it was made. Just like a YouTube video, you see like yeah. who made it and the title, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah, you'll still get that. And and then if you're embedding it, you could choose, hey, I want the white labeled version. I want the ad free version or because I'm willing to pay for it. Or I just want the sponsored version because there's a lot of people who are creating content in like a community of marketers or a blog that already has, you know, advertising on or sponsorships and they don't want to pay for that content. They just want to have it on their site as an engaging piece and they're fine with it. But if, you take, if you're putting that calculator somewhere in your funnel, let's say you're a SaaS company and you want to show somebody, you'll save this much money by switching to you know, my service, then you would pay for that calculator. It wouldn't be sponsored at all. And you would just be able to run it white labeled, essentially. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so either way, it's kind of usage-based or usage-subsidized. And it is cool because I feel like some people are willing to pay zero and some people are willing to pay something. And we can finally service both. <laughs> and that really helps with growth, right? Because now it can grow through sharing. Whereas before it was like, you got to pay to build one. You got to pay to use one. You got to pay to see one. It's very insulated. And I'm really excited about having a public space where yeah, people can come and use them for free. And you know, if they want to become a developer, they can. Cool. So that's the model. And with that model, I'm just focused on traffic now, growth, building building calculators. So people are basically sending me calculator ideas in my DMs and on my replies. And I'm sort of building what people, like if I, like that's a pretty good idea. I should build that. I'm building them. And yeah, some of our customers are directly doing that as well. So they're saying, hey, I want a calculator for our sales funnel or for our website. And here's the idea. And then I'm kind of building it. And then they're, basically licensing it to put inside their their SaaS or their funnel, right? So thanks for the ideas. Keep them coming. Listeners might find it interesting. I read that someone, someone sent me a description. They're like, oh, I see what you're doing. That's kind of like the, he called it a Collison installation. And I was like, mm, I, was like I know what that like, is. Pa- I was like, like Patrick Collison? I was like, let me look that up. So yeah, did you have you heard that expression before? Yeah, basically the Collison brothers going around to all the YC companies. And then uh, they were just like one by one onboarding them to Stripe and not leaving the office before they uh, <laughs> before it was working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I thought was, uh, that's clever. You know, that was like, yes, actually. So, right, that's SaaS companies are coming to me saying, we wish I had a calculator for this and I'm building them and helping them install them and moving on to the next one. 
So I was like, that's 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 a nice <laughs> that's a nice reference. I hope I hope it leads to as much <laughs> hope it leads to even half as much success. But no, I, I'm really excited. It, it, the the inbounds keep coming in, and I even had I had a listener to this podcast chat this morning on a Zoom with him, and he's very excited about building something. So yeah, I it's, it feels like it's working, man. That's a good feeling. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, man? Pretty good. We had we had some stuff that worked in the past week as well. It feels like at least. So last week we were launching all the the features we talked about last time, how we were going to have a big splash about it. Mm -hmm. And so we had a video, we had a blog post and we launched it last week. I think basically the day before we were going to launch it, I was like, like what would make this even like more of a launch? And Mm. like, it'd be really nice if we also had a deal, just like something to like, kind of ask for money basically. So we came up with a deal as well, which was basically the reform basic plan, uh, which is $15 a month or discounted annually at 150. Mm-hmm. We would make $99 per year until today actually. I think this podcast is coming out tomorrow. I'm probably going to leave the deal up until this podcast has aired. So if you listen to this, <laughs> it might still be there, even though it's technically been like eight or nine days. But it, it, in theory, it's only seven days. <laughs> or, or it might not. So you better find out quick. Yeah. Well, it won't be up for very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was kind of interested to see how that went because we've done a lot of similar things in the past and they just haven't really worked super well. Like when we had the, that we had a deal early on, kind of before we even launched. We called it our early access deal, and that kind of worked. Since then, we haven't really had anything that just, like we've never been able to send an email that kind of, you know, made a bunch of money, basically. But that totally worked this time, which is like thrilling, obviously. Not a, not a ton of money, but like way more money than we normally make. Like we've made like two or three times what we normally make in a month in the past 30 days. And the other day we, we, we crossed like, hey, we made Bjorn's salary this month, which is like just so exciting because mm. it's just like I'm not getting a salary from Reform right now because I work with the Tailwind guys, but, but Bjorn is working full time and he's like the only real employee right now. And we made his salary at plus more <laughs> since then. And, and though the numbers are still not like super big, like for us, like it just felt big, you know? Our MRR has barely moved in like six months and, and it finally started to move. And and it wasn't just a deal. It was also just like announcing those features because a lot of that revenue actually comes from people upgrading to our pro plan, which is not discounted. That's still $25, 250 per year. But we also sold a bunch of those. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's not solving all our problems and and we don't really know like what the version of this is going to be next month right now. Mm. But I told Bjorn this morning, like, I feel like we've moved one step closer to product market fit because we had a hunch about what people wanted. We built that and we announced it and we asked for money and they gave us the money. And that's like Mm. a pretty good sign in general that we're moving in the right direction. That's basically what we need to do, you know, a bunch more yeah, that's really good. It's basically saying your intuition is getting now you did it this once, but like the hope is that your intuition is getting better about what 
this group once yeah. and you just keep. You know, like when we launched the ConvertKit integration, it didn't move the revenue. Like we're getting signups and customers from ConvertKit because we're featured in their dashboard, but it's not something we can measure in our MRR or anything like that. The only time we've really been able to measure it was with when we launched with Zapier because we were just lucky that they kind of picked us up, you know, and they mm-hmm. they gave us a lot of really nice promotion. So it like 5x the traffic that month and that caused us to get, you know, make more money. But it wasn't just, be- it wasn't because we had, okay, now we support Zapier. So a lot of people are paying us money. It's more like we have five times the traffic we normally get. So that's why we're right. making more money. But this time it's like, oh, finally, mm. like I can use this thing that I've been wanting to use or just like more people that are coming, like a higher percent of the people that are trying the product can actually use it now. And like that feels good. Yeah, you didn't just increase volume at the top, you improved your rate, whether it's conversion rate or sign-up rate. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and like being able to like send an email with like a good deal, I mean, it's it's a win-win because it's people who have been thinking about like they want to use Reform and now it's there's a chance to get like 44% off if you think you're going to need it in the next year. And being able to send that email and and kind of works, it's just really exciting. And, and now I'm kind of thinking, hmm, like what was actually working here? Like obviously like having the right features is important. Structuring a good deal is important. And also I think the seven days only is important because there is like, it is now like, it's, it's not going to be there next week, you know? Right. And, and trying to like really think about like the psychology there basically. And now I'm trying to figure out like, how can we use this? Like, how can we do more of this or like scale this up a little bit? I'm not mm-hmm. sure what it looks like, but I, I kind of thought like maybe there's a version of this where when someone's been a free user or like used actually used the product for like two weeks or something, we basically give them a pretty good deal and we just like generate a coupon code and send them an email that's like this coupon expires in 36 hours. You can use it now or you can pay the normal price. That's a good idea. This is really interesting. Maybe, the, and there de- I don't know why I said maybe, there's a definitely a category product where you know you're going to need it eventually and therefore incentives are all about timing like there's no incentive to go out and buy one now if i feel like i can wait because the value of cash that i have now is greater than giving it away and then just waiting to use it so you you kind of have to i mean the good news is people plan to buy one of these eventually so that that kind of problem is solved the bad news is until they have reason to act they're just not going to so there are a lot of consumer products like this where I think the company is just always finding ways to motivate people to act at this particular time or window. And then if you don't, if you what ends up happening is you end up taxing the people who would rather lazy load the solution or, or wait as long as possible to get the thing they need. They're like, I'll get it when I need it. And they're like, you know you're going to pay like 20% more, right? And it, it's okay. I, people people kind of tolerate it because they're basically being taxed for not taking advantage of the easy to get discount price, right? Like you, obviously, you should get the discount price. I think that's that's really cool. I I love the idea of scaling that. Just seeing if it if it helps. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be too hard to do. And even if the coupon code didn't expire and it was just like the same coupon code all the time, like you know, it might still work. If we're just testing things out, you know, like, and don't want to build like a bunch of stuff that generates coupon codes and stuff like that. Yeah, I wouldn't start with that. I mean, who exactly? Who cares? Like, it, 
you can only take advantage of the discount if you use the code, like if you buy the thing. And so yeah. <laughs> you would love to have the problem right now of it being abused, right? Where somebody's yeah. like, oh, and then they like, what, give it to other people who you don't <laughs> want to use that? Like, yeah. literally, there's... it. I don't know that you actually need to do anything other than just like, <laughs> here's the code, use it. Because here's, somebody would actually have to say, I'm not going to buy it now, but I am going to like effectively digitally clip out this coupon code, store it, and make sure I use it later when I actually need to buy this thing. And these people are already saying that they're too, you know, unmotivated to bother, like to buy it now. So they're just not going to do that. Like, <laughs> these are the these are literally in in the US at least there's like Six Flags amusement park and they're on Pepsi cans for a long time. They did this for Disney too. It's like literally just bring in this empty can of soda and like you get $20 off your admission price or whatever. And like tons of people still just don't show up with one of those cans because like they're yeah. just too they're just too unmotivated, right? And the park yeah. meanwhile is like there's like 20 million of these coupons out there and you showed up today without one in your hand because you you just can't be bothered to do it. It's like, okay, that's fine. Or like even someone we, we know, like I, sh- I shared a screenshot uh, yesterday, but like basically he was saying, I'm going to sign up now because I know we're going to need it and someone will need it soon on the team. But And it was almost like, I might as well just do it now because I'm thinking about it just so I have it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even the deal. Like that was just like the normal price. That's just good salesmanship, man. <laughs> This, I, this is in all all kinds of consumer products are like this. It's like you're here at Costco right now. You're looking at this blender. It's a fantastic blender. If you buy it today while we're running this promotion store, like here's this discount. I mean, you kind of have to do that with some products that are so familiar. Yeah, and the, and and I mean, the reason we made Bjorn's salary this month was not because our MRR just like skyrocketed. It's because we front loaded a bunch of cash because instead of paying $15 a month, people are paying us $99, which is like six and a half month worth of $15. Right. So we're getting six and a half times the normal money and we're getting people that probably wouldn't buy as well, right? So we're not getting this money next month. That's why I kind of want like more of this <laughs> because right now, like the money is value right is valuable right now for us because... We're like in an existential fight to survive, you know. So it's much better to have money now than it is in seven months. Right. That actually that that's an interesting little calculator. So I you have you have cash flow break even is what you're saying instead of revenue break even. Yeah, it's not the monthly recurring. It's how much cash we made. Right. So and it's really simple. You just take the burn you have and divide it by um, what an annual subscription costs, and you basically are saying you need that many annual subs in any given month to pay for renewals or subscriptions in any given month in order to cover your cash costs. Yeah, I mean, it was the same when we had the like the early access deal we had in the early days, and it kind of sucks when you then don't get that money again. But then now it's been a year, so like some of those are renewing again, so we're getting cash from that as well. But it is just trade-offs, and I think a lot of people are kind of, especially like maybe in the indie space like with low priced SaaS products like they're kind of underestimating basically if you could do like a really good deal and get like seven eight nine months worth of cash right now 
Mm-hmm. And it has to be a pretty good deal before a lot of people do it, right? And right, with, at, right. at some point, we were half the people picked the early access deal and half paid. So half paid $19 and the other half paid $119 at one point. So it's a big trade-off in terms of like, you know, you get all the money now, you don't have it later, and you're also sacrificing a lot of re- revenue because you're giving basically like 50% off. But at the same time, when you're just getting started, that cash is like so valuable because you can pay yourself or you can like invest it in like try to start this thing up right and i will add a little nuances i want to do this works for you because you're in a product category where people probably are going to buy it eventually like with summit i don't think if i discounted the annual subscription i don't think it would change buyer behavior at all or much because they're like i don't know if i ever want this no offense. But in the indie space, like there are so many like phone builders and note taking apps and help desk tools and yep. all these little exactly. like, tools that are just a million of them. And it's all stuff we all need. So you're just kind of like browsing for a good deal. That's right. So there's two main questions people ask in sales. Am I going to buy something from this category? And then which one am I going to buy if I do? And you're in the situation where somebody, yes, is going to buy a form builder at some point. It's hard to run a business without buying one at some point. So that's pretty much a yes. I'm going to say 80 plus percent of the time. And then which one am I going to buy is going to be determined by a lot of factors. But if the cool tool that looks really nice and I want to support is also very inexpensive, you're sort of force checking both boxes, right? Whereas I don't have either box checked per se, and a lot of people don't. So I, th- I think it's just, it just reinforces the fact it's really smart for you to check this other box for people and make the which one choice easy, like over and over again. Not in a way where they see the deal over and over again, because then you end up losing that like that currency of urgency, if you will. But they need to see it like once a season or at certain times, maybe a little bit unpredictable. And you're like, oh, they're having the whatever sale. This is my chance. <laughs> yeah, a lot of courses do like, you know, Black Friday sale, for example. And it's like fifty percent of their revenue. <laughs> That is exactly, and Black Friday stuff works well for people who are saying yes to both things, and they just don't Black know. Black Friday which one. is in like two months. That could be pretty good <laughs> when the money's starting to dry up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that's really good. I like the idea of putting it in their free trial as well. Obviously, where it's like, hey, while you're doing your free trial, see, maybe that one needs to expire, and that would be more complicated. But I think the one where somebody's like, hey, you've been an active free user. And, you know, what's funny about that is you kind of, it's a reward for being an active free user and engaged. And if you kind of know it's there for you, then you're kind of working towards it, right? So rewarding people for sort of engagement, really, and knowing that the rate of take up is going to be high. I think that's smart. Aaron Francis, if you're listening, (laughs) Refine, I think you have a product that can do this and I need to take a look at it. Just putting it out in the universe. I think literally Aaron's product Refine can do this because you could build these filter queries. You could say like they made three forms, they got at least like five submissions, and they've been a user for two weeks. And then when that happens, do something like send them an email or like call the Stripe API to generate a coupon. I think literally mm. they could do that. Hmm, that's cool. I love it, man. It, it it's just a great growth engine for you, like revenue or cash 
growth engine. So I think that's yeah. really exciting. I think the important part here is also like it's also about the features because people were really like needing those features and we're just yeah. kind of realizing that. But it feels good to kind of get that out in uh, this week is more of a cool down week because we shipped a lot of big things and and there are little edge cases where stuff is like slightly broken or like more more than slightly broken yeah. like someone sent me like if you had logic and you had a list of checkbox items and you also like navigated back and forth with the arrows then something would break because of something seemingly unrelated that we shipped because we shipped so much all at once that one slipped through the the tests the test suite so mm. um, just like mm -hmm. spending a week making sure we don't have any of those smart and yeah before we make the next big push which i think is going to be more in the integrations front and then hopefully i'll have some time soon to really start looking at our positioning again and i really want a new website as well i'm starting to be more embarrassed about our website <laughs> and especially the copy on there and i have started to have a better idea about who reform is really for and i think it's more of a sales and marketing mm. and obviously customer service as well customer service slash product management but it that's really uh kind of where we we're moving you can start to curve your vocab and your messaging towards folks that are in that space then without hurting your you'll improve your conversion rates and you'll help people feel like this is for them which is a win-win yeah i think there's a way to do that where it speaks more to the right people but also still speaks to like most of the people we have right now sort of fit in that category anyways so mm -hmm. not to worry about that and we do need to run because we have our mastermind but it is one one more thing i want to say because you remember my uh, fire festival uh, tweet <laughs> yes about the going on a hike so that is mm -hmm. happening on uh, september 29th in a in a smaller awesome. smaller version where i call it co-working and hiking mm -hmm. or co-work and hike i think we're like 15 16 people or something like that right now people are traveling like from germany amsterdam maybe hungary i think or prague or something not sure and from different places in denmark coming i think i'm not sure it's worth traveling for but like kudos for like <laughs> For coming over let them decide that let them decide <laughs> yeah. that don't but we will like be a bunch <laughs> of like SaaS people uh we'll meet up at my co-working space in the middle of the forest at the train station that i talked about so many times <laughs> and we'll have breakfast and we'll kind of co-work or mastermind or whatever we want to do for a few hours then we'll have a lunch together and then we'll go on a long hike for the afternoon and then we will either just go home or have a beer or something like that and uh, call it a day T it turns out you live in this idyllic place that people want to visit it's great <laughs> yeah so uh it, people should go to my twitter profile and find the the info and or dm me if they want to come because there's still some spots but not very many cool all right man good catching up see you in a few minutes in the mass brain <laughs> see you in a few minutes bye bye for now